College baseball season is finally here and the Golden Blue Nation crew is here with you to get you set for this upcoming college baseball season. It should be another great one on the diamond here in Morgantown and across the country, wherever the Mountaineers may be playing this season. Of course, the Golden Blue Nation podcast is always brought to you by Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers, your WVLawfirm.com. Ryan Decker and Sam Coniglio here joining you today on the latest edition of the Golden Blue Nation podcast. And Sam, like I just said, college baseball season is here. The offseason's finally over. Pitchers and catchers are reporting at the major league level. But when a lot of people listen to this podcast, college baseball teams, they've been in camp for weeks, if not close to a month now, getting ready for the season. Yeah, it starts uh, on Friday. It starts in just about 48 hours from our, recordings, uh, from our recording time. So, yeah, it's, it, it sneaks up on you, especially when you live in the north and you're kind of dealing with the snow. Today it's 75 and sunny in say, Morgantown. great baseball weather today. Um, yeah, I wanted to go to the uh, driving range and hit some golf balls. Yeah. But... Uh, Nope, we gotta we gotta put our nose to the grindstone and get everybody ready for baseball season. Yeah, West Virginia won't play a home game this year until it's March eighth. So hopefully this type of weather will be around on March eighth when WVU hosts hosts uh, Canisius for that uh, regular season home opener. But before we get to what's coming up this season, let's take a quick look back at last year. Of course, a thirty three and twenty two overall record for the Mountaineers, fourteen and ten in conference play. Those fourteen Big Twelve wins the most since WVU joined the league. That include a conference sweep over Kansas State to end the regular season and over Baylor uh, towards the start of Big Twelve play. WVU finishes sixth in the regular season standings, but go zero and two with the Big Twelve baseball tournament and miss out on the NCAA tournament. Sam, you know, obviously Randy Mazey and the club, they thought that WVU was going to be in the NCAA tournament picture. It didn't work out that way, but still I think a successful season for the Mountaineers and the Diamond in 2022. It's tough to look at a season where you miss the NCAA tournament and say that might have been actually a great campaign, but if anything, it was WVU's 2022 season. I mean, like you said, most Big 12 wins in, in program history. A season win, a series win over Pitt um, at home and, and uh, uh, at PNC Park. There were plenty of other big, big highlights. First season back for, uh, you know, to fill the stadium for fans, and mm-hmm. there were a lot of great games with a lot of great atmospheres. So um, on and off the diamond, I thought it was a successful season. Randy Mazie, like you said, was really disappointed, thought his team should have been in the tournament. But, you know, uh, <laughs> they're definitely not one for moral victories, but if, if you're looking for one, they had several last year, I thought. When talking about the success of the team last year, we've made it two minutes and 35 seconds in and haven't mentioned the stolen base numbers yet of right. last season. 156 right. stolen bases for this club. But as we look at the losses coming out of last year, one of the biggest stolen stolen base factors, the biggest stolen base factor on the team, no longer with the program. It's Victor Scott the second. He's been drafted. That was the other big success story out of last year, Sam, was that three players out of last year's crew get drafted in the MLB draft when I think going into the year you thought maybe one or two, but you get three out of that last year's uh, club. Yeah, and one of them was a, was a complete surprise, and mm-hmm. that was that was Trey Braithwaite who emerged to be uh, the closer, one of the best closers in, in, in college baseball last season. And he was uh, snatched up by, by the majors, um, and he's working to make his way up there. But, yeah, no, um, the, the bullpen turned out to be very strong, uh, not, even, not even with Trey. Also, with, you know, Chase Smith was a, was a great uh, addition. And, um, 
a lot of younger guys really stepped up, and most of those guys are back here next, uh, this year. So we'll we'll see how they grow in 2023. Yeah, but we'll get into the specifics here in a little bit. But the the pitching staff still very much intact from last year. Really, the most notable loss from last season on the pitching side of things was Jacob Waters, who also was selected in the MLB draft last year, and he was a guy who thought going into the season he was going to be the back-end guy, ends up being thrust into a Friday starter role, and what, is, what a season he had. The numbers a little bit misleading for Jacob there because of how he started the season and the, the different innings that he had to take on after the fact. But So Victor Scott, Jacob Waters, Trey Braithwaite, they get selected in, in the MLB draft. Uh, looking at the transfer portal losses, Austin Davis, McGuire Holbrook, those are the two most notable. Uh, ben Abernathy, Nate Blasick, a couple plug-and-play guys, also no longer with the program. But as we mentioned, the good news here is that no key pitcher departed that was not expected to leave. You knew Waters was leaving no matter what, but uh, and you knew Chase Smith was graduating, but you got Noah Short back. You've got all those big-time arms back that you saw at least portions of what they can become coming back this year. Uh, Sam, I guess what sticks out to you from the offseason subtractions that WVU did suffer in the offseason? Yeah, Austin Davis was kind of a blindside, uh, if, we're, if we're going to be completely honest. That, that, that guy was uh, a highlight reel in right field. He was the energy at the top of the lineup, um, a really important player. Uh, he greatly improved his hitting from uh, 2021 to 2022. And, and uh, if Victor Scott was obviously the most important base stealer, Austin was number two. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- that loss will be tough to recover because he was just, especially in college, he was the perfect leadoff hitter. Right. Um, he was kind of, he just got on base, he could hit the ball. Wasn't really a power hitter, but you know he had the ability to put it over the fence. Um, yeah, I, I think I, I think WVU is going to be hurting from that one definitely. Yeah, Davis a three thirty average last year, four oh two on base percentage, uh, four home runs, and uh, where is that number here? Stolen base number. Uh, he had twenty nine of them. Uh, yeah, pretty good. That's pretty good. Pretty good <laughs> by uh, by Austin Davis there. So so th- those are the some of the losses. But Sam, let's go through some of the additions that WVU added over the offseason. Yeah, uh, well, Caleb McNeely is a guy that, that really has an opportunity. There's some holes in, in the infield. Um, don't really know much about him. I mean, it's just tough to really tell in baseball, in college baseball, um, to see how guys are going to translate. Um, but, you know, a lot of opportunity in the infield with uh, J.J. Weatherholt, and we'll get into this later, um, moving to second base most likely. Um, and, again, like we mentioned, uh, in the outfield, uh, a lot of holes in the outfield as well. Landon Wallace coming in from Nevada um, already has D1 experience. Mm-hmm. Um, that that will be crucial for for an outfield that uh, you know at, at least I thought would be pretty stable heading into this season. Losing their two best guys and that that portion of the diamond is is going to uh, leave a lot of question marks at least heading into this season. Yeah, Landon Wallace, probably the biggest addition. That's one thing that Randy Mazie talked about in his uh, preseason press conference mm-hmm. last week was you know the, the addition of Landon Wallace, it does help fill certainly a need there in the outfield, but he's a guy that, as you mentioned, does have D1 baseball experience coming from Nevada, hit 363 as a freshman, 313 last year as a sophomore in 50 games. So he's a guy that he, he's been productive, and I think he will we'll probably see more of his athleticism used in Randy Mazie's um, 
scheme, for lack of a better word, than yeah. he was probably used in Nevada, especially when it comes to the to the base running ba base pass there. Grant Siegel and Keegan Allen out of uh, Oklahoma. Grant Siegel coming from Tulane, two pitchers that WVU added through the portal, which you can never have enough arms, I don't think, going into a college baseball season. Never, no. And especially, you know, when you're not really limited as much on, on your roster numbers, I mean, just load the bullpen up, load the rotation up. And, and we, we saw the importance of that last year. Mm -hmm. The rotation was never the same week to week. The the bullpen uh, the bullpen order wasn't the same either. So um, yeah, it's especially when you have so many question marks. You're going to need as many arms to really just throw them out and test them out for the first month or two of the season. So those are the guys with experience that have come over to the WVU roster in the offseason, but what, what about the guys who are freshmen and are new to this program? Well, Randy Maisie spoke at length about some of those guys. Here's Maisie, the skipper from earlier this month, speaking about those freshmen. Offensively, we got a kid named Ellis Garcia that's been swinging the bat really, really well in practice. He's uh, He can move around. He can play some third base, some second base, some first base. He's going to be a utility type guy, but uh, has a has a tremendous future offensively for us. Uh, Logan Save, a freshman catcher from Pennsylvania, has a tremendous approach to hitting. It's a really good catcher. Uh, you'll see him in the lineup some. Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers. Unexpected hurdle? Pritt and Spano. Unseen circumstance? Pritt and Spano. Personal injury, criminal law, flash wills, family law. You need a firm that will be with you through it all. Pritt and Spano. Their passionate team will employ their resources and unique perspectives to deliver the most effective representation. When you find yourself in need, turn to those who will fight for you. Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers. Find them at yourwvlawfirm.com. All right, that was the skipper Randy Maisie speaking earlier this month about the freshmen that he has brought into this program. Sam, at one point he said uh, maybe the most talented group of freshman pitchers he's ever brought in during his now 11 years with WVU. It's quite uh, some early praise that those pitchers are going to have to live up to, but that's good moving forward if you're WVU that, you know, you're, or if you're a WVU fan maybe thinking if anything goes sideways this year, you've got some talented arms that are ready to kind of take hold. Oh, and think about just how, how the pitching staff was utilized last year. Think about how many freshmen that were thrown into the fire and given right. starts last year. Aiden Major be became a, a really important arm in the second half of the season. Michael Kilker was a guy that was given an, an opportunity in the midweek. Chris Sleeper, um, uh, my guy from Rochester, New York, uh, was put in the rotation to start the season, mm -hmm. but then he was put in the bullpen where he seemed to have a little more comfort. So. You know, he, there's a history here of utilizing freshman pitchers, and and if, if Randy's saying that he's he's confident in their talent this year, then that's that's a pretty good sign for the program. Yeah, Randy Mazie certainly one of those guys that the, he doesn't really mince words. I think when he gives you an evaluation of someone, you can pretty pretty well tell uh, that that the evaluation is what you're actually going to see. And I think hearing that vote of confidence from those freshman pitchers, that's a good sign early on. Sam Coniglio, Ryan Decker here with you on the Golden Blue Nation podcast as we get you ready for the college baseball season, which gets underway on Friday, February 17th. If you're listening to this after opening day, that's okay. All this information is still going to be very pertinent here for about a month or so until we really get to see this team up close and personal. Uh, looking ahead at this schedule, really, that WVU has put in, uh, put in place for itself coming into this year. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. I mean, certainly so. Randy Mazie and his team, they know the RPI game, certainly to put them in a good spot 
from a from a metric standpoint to get into the tournament. Especially uh, last year. After last year, they're, they're trying to bump their RPI as much as possible. Yeah, for sure. 11 games or series WVU is going to play against NCAA tournament teams from last year, including four versus four consecutively to start the season against regional hosts um, at one point there. And then first home game on Wednesday, March 8th against Canisius. We mentioned that already. First home series uh, for a weekend is that same weekend. Minnesota comes to town. That should be an interesting one. These two teams met uh, last year, I believe. Uh, up in uh, up in uh, what was it? U.S. Bank Stadium. Yep, where yep. the Vikings play. It was kind yeah. of interesting to watch. Yeah, definitely. It was weird. I mean, West Virginia had a lot of different experiences yeah. as far as professional ballparks and stadiums last For year. Sure. For uh, sure. First home Big 12 series begins on April 7th. It's against Kansas. The backyard brawl returns to PNC Park on April 19th. The Big 12 tournament beginning one month after that on May 24th. Of course, all that information available online. 24 home games this year. Sam WVU. Fans ranked 31st in attendance last year, which is a great number considering a lot of the SEC programs that finish above West Virginia in attendance. They've got, you know, six, 7,000 seat ballparks. West Virginia's 2,500, basically. Well, and, you know, the first half of the season, it's really a hit or miss whether or not it's going to even be comfortable to sit in the stadium, right? right? Obviously, when you're, when you're talking April and May, April you might need to put a coat on. May, it's going to warm up quite a bit, but... I mean, March, it, it might be 40 degrees and rainy. You might, you might get snow. So um, the fact that it could you be can, 75, who knows? It, it could be February 15th, 2023. <laughs> it's 75 and sunny, and I'm putting my AC on in my car. Um, so, yeah, finishing top 40 in, in attendance uh, when you live in, in this part of the country is pretty impressive, yeah. I think. Yeah, great number, great showing by WVU fans last year, and certainly, I think, a team that could be worthy of that same uh, support again this year. WVU picked to finish sixth in the preseason polls. Sam, d do you like that spot preseason for the Mountaineers? Yeah, well, it's better than where they were picked last year, and sure. and they outperformed that. So, um, you know, I, I also think uh, an element of that is people don't really know what to think of WVU. I mean, I don't think you and I really know what to think of WVU yet. So, um Six is pretty good. If they can finish in the top half of the league, that, that would be a, a pretty good start. A pretty good start into uh, um, an NCAA tournament bid. But, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, no, six, six is pretty fair, I'd say. Well, and I think it's also because of the strength of this conference. You look at the top three or four of this conference, TCU, right. Oklahoma State, Texas, no matter how you want to put that order, and then you add in Texas Tech. I mean, a really strong four at the top of this conference. Baylor and Kansas State – in Kansas as well, not as strong this year as they have been in years past. So I think you're, you're going to see Oklahoma, uh, West Virginia, and maybe to a degree the lesser of those top four battle it out for those middle three spots. That's that's going to be the race as we, you know, you want to predict here or something. Uh, right. Th that's going to be the race to watch, I think, as the season goes on. I think you're entirely right. And last year we also saw like Baylor was a bit, bit of a disappointment. They had a lot of top talent, but they didn't quite perform. WVU um, beat them pretty soundly. And, um you know, as long as WVU can steal a couple of wins here and there like they did last year and finish those close games. We saw, you know, against Oklahoma State, they struggled to finish mm -hmm. a close game and um, a couple of close games, actually. Um, if they can get those wins, just steal a couple, they'll, they'll, they'll be fine. They'll compete. And that was the thing last year. That was a great point you just brought up. Looking at the NCAA tournament, you can pick a couple games throughout the year that if you change that L to a W, it's a slam dunk for the Mountaineers to play in a regional somewhere, but that didn't happen. 
and we'll, we'll see if they can make that happen this year. Uh, truly looking at who's going to be doing that damage this year and who's going to be making that, that happen this year position player-wise. Dane Leonard comes back as one of the top catchers in the nation, uh, according to, to people who rank those things. It was a great <laughs> nod for him. J.J. Uh, Weatherholt also returns. You mentioned him earlier. What a standout freshman campaign he had last year. Uh, J.J. Weatherholt, 308 average, one of four WVU hitters to hit above 300 last year. Incredible what he did in his first season. And as Randy Mazie said, playing out of position for most of last year. That was interesting to me. Yeah, we didn't. you couldn't really tell because he was playing very comfortably at third base. But as the season kind of drew on, he replaced Mikey Kluska at second base. And turns out that's actually where he should have been playing the whole time. Right. Um, and, and But offensively, I think he was even more important just because of the fact, I mean, they were putting a freshman in, batting number two, mm-hmm. hit over 300, and, and uh, was one of the best bats in the lineup, uh, just an incredibly important player for their success uh, last season. So getting him back, and, and where a lot of the top, top of the lineup was decimated, getting J.J. Weatherholt back could just be uh, impeccably important for the team. Yeah, uh, Weatherhold, a unanimous selection for the Big 12 All-Freshman team a season ago. Braden Berry, Grant Hussey, Tevin Tucker, a couple other key position players that do return this season. Tevin Tucker, uh, kind of on the Perry Ellis uh, track right now. It feels like he's just been here forever, but obviously we love Tevin. Glad he's still here. He's the only guy stuck uh, in the program from 2019 when they hosted the regional. Um, and, and, and there's a reason for that. It's because... Well, there are a couple of reasons for that. Obviously, when you talk, to, talk about eligibility, he has the COVID year and, and uh, an injury red shirt because he got surgery a couple of years ago and missed the season. But um, the reason he's still in the lineup is because he's such an important player. Um, you look at his stats, they're not going to blow you away. His batting average is always under 200. Um, he's an important base stealer, um, but he's important. Uh, he's, he's, he's crucial to the defense as a shortstop. And he's been one of the most important vocal leaders for the program over the last three years. Even when he missed an entire season, um, he was he was still in the dugout and uh, provided a lot of moral support mm-hmm. and vocal support to WVU. So, yeah, uh, Randy Mazie said he's one of his fa- favorite players, so it's, it's no question why he's still in the lineup. So Tucker, one of the veteran position players who are back this year as far as pitching staff goes. Ben Hampton, really the ace of the staff last year, had an incredible summer up on the Cape Cod League. He's back for another season. And then young guys, Aiden Major, Chris Sleeper, uh, Will Watson as well, back for another season. Noah Short, Carlson Reed, Kevin Dowdell, veteran arms in that bullpen or, or in the rotation possibly who are back for another season. When you look to position battles, I, I think really, obviously, we, we've kind of mentioned the outfield spots that are going to be up for grabs. Obviously, Braden Berry's going to have one lockdown. Landon Wallace, you figure, has one lockdown. So who's that other corner outfielder that West Virginia is going to have? The position opposite of where J.J. Weatherholt's going to be. We assume he's going to be at second base for most of the season. Right. So likely the third base option, open and up for grabs this year. And then the closer, I think, is the biggest role that's going to be up for grabs early in the season, Sam. Uh, Randy Mazie said they were, they were having closer tryouts uh, for, for a lot of this past week. Uh, the back end of that rotation is always, or back end of the bullpen, I should say, always something that's been interesting to watch Mazie and company uh, kind of tinker with and, and, and tool around with over the years of watching this program. 100%. Like, like we mentioned earlier, um, Last year's closer battle wasn't really decided until the last you know month and a half of the season when Trey when really other you know outside factors right. besides the bullpen forced a major shuffle in the bullpen that 
emerged, uh, that brought Trey Braithwaite into that closer position, earned him a spot in, in the MLB Draft League and ultimately in the MLB Draft. Um, so, yeah, no, expect that battle to be um, fought over uh, for at least a month and a half, two months of the season. And as always, the midweek starter role is going to be up for grabs, I think, at least you know the first couple of weeks into the season until Maisie gets a good handle on what he truly has in in-game scenarios from his pitching staff. And of course, you know, preseason, you always want to ask about the pitching staff, and the skipper spoke at length as well about the potential number of starters that he has on the roster heading into the season. So the outlook early on is we've got a pretty talented and deep staff of pitchers. I don't think we have a a guy that is going to be super dominant, uh, like a Manoa type dominant, where he just destroys the other team every time he pitches. Uh, we got guys that uh, are quality guys, and we're playing four inner squads per week uh, since we started here. And when you play four inner squads, that means there are eight guys that get to start the game. And of those eight guys, I think all eight of them are capable of starting games. And that's a, that's a pretty good feeling to know that you have that many guys that you feel good enough about that can start. But when it comes right down to it, only four of them get the ball against another team. And the other four, got to find spots for them. So it's been super competitive and guys are competing against each other. And, and I really feel good about 10 or 12 guys on this staff, which is pretty rare. All right, so some great stuff there from the skipper, and you can see all of that preseason press conference that he held uh, last week on our website, goldandbluenation.com. So, Sam, it's time for some preseason predictions now here on the Golden Blue Nation podcast. I think there's really no other place that we can start on this preseason podcast than right here. How many bases will WVU steal this season? 156 last year, program record What's the number here in 2023? I would expect the team to hover around the 110 mark. Okay. 156 was uh, an anomaly. Uh, I don't want to say it's necessarily necessarily an anomaly because that team did it easily right. last season. But as we said before, a lot of those players are gone now. There are still some very formidable base stealers, Tucker, Weatherholt, um, and they've added some in the portal, and obviously we have freshmen to look out for as well. But the, those impact base stealers are gone, but I still expect them to steal a lot of bags. 110, in between 110 and 120 is where I expect them to land. So I just did the math here. Uh, Victor Scott and Austin Davis no longer with the program for different reasons. Uh, 57 stolen, I'm sorry, 67 stolen bases no longer with WVU. Yeah. I think they finish right around 100, Mark. So I'm going a little bit below you. I just yeah. think, you know, not having Vic in there, not having Austin Davis in there, but obviously you're going to see more out of Tevin Tucker, out of J.J. Weatherholt, Braden Barry. I think they kind of increase that their production a little bit, but I think right around the 100 mark is where WVU finishes up. All right, speaking of finishing up, where does WVU finish the season in the Big 12? I would say, ooh, that's a tough one. Mm, I'm going to say five. They do have a, five? They, they have a, they have a tendency to... to uh, kind of outperform that preseason poll. Um, they're going to have a tough time winning a lot of those games against top teams, I think, winning series. But um, if, they, if they're able to, you know, like I said earlier, steal games, maybe take a series, upset in a series, I think they can sneak into number five. What really, now to kind of 
piggyback off of this, and this isn't what you asked, but piggyback off of this, I think they really have a chance to make noise in the Big 12 tournament. Last year, that's really where their season came to an end was the Big 12 tournament. They mm -hmm. took two bad losses. If they can get a halfway decent seed, I think the Big 12 will, will be competitive enough where they can uh, get some wins and, and really bolster the resume there. So you're going fifth in the Big 12 standings. I'm actually going to go fourth, and here's why. It'll be interesting to see if history can repeat itself this year with WVU. Since joining the league back in 2013, they're averaging a fourth-place finish once every three years. You kick out <laughs> the 2020 season, which didn't really happen, didn't go to completion. They're on track for that fourth-place finish this season. So I, I'm saying the history does repeat itself. We get a fourth place finish, a magical season here out of the Mountaineers. There's no point in even you know looking beyond that. I think the I think the numbers just kind of speak for themselves there. I, I think I, you're right. I think they do as well. All right, here some more predictions here as we wrap it up here on the Golden Blue Nation baseball preseason preview podcast. Here, uh, Sam, your position player of the year for the Mountaineers is whom? JJ Weatherholt. Um, Figured. We've probably said his name the most. Uh, Make but, it up for last year. Yeah, exactly, right. Uh, we didn't mention this before, but J.J. was the only impact freshman that we didn't mention on the preview pod last right. season. And so, like Ryan and said, JJ we knew it too. J.J. He, knew he it. Knew yeah, it. He, he wanted to let us know. Um, but if, if, if Coach Maisie is telling the truth, and he said that Weatherholt might be the best hitter that he's ever coached, that's – pretty high praise especially because he's been coaching for almost four decades mm -hmm. even if you want to narrow it down to his tenure at WVU there have been a lot of good bats coming through coming through Morgantown um, if, if that's the case then there's there's no way he's not the position player of the year um, just because he was an all-around player last year and if he's going to have the best season of his short career I, you really can't argue with that. Yeah, no argument uh, from me here. I'm, just to be different, I'm going to say Braden Barry. Uh, Randy Maisie said that Braden is on track for a breakout season this year. I think he's finally healthy heading into a season. It sounds like he's had some health uh, issues, at least from a physical standpoint, uh, here over the last couple of falls. He's healthy this this spring heading into things. So I think we see a big season from Braden Barry. I, I totally agree with what you said about J.J. Weatherholt, though. I think he is the, this team's kind of MVP, mm -hmm. but – just to be different, I'll say Braden Barry. Uh, pitcher of the year, a preseason prediction. I'm going to start here and kind of in the similar vein. You and J.J. Weatherholt, I get Ben Hampton for this one. A 8-5 and five record last year, really great summer up in the Cape Cod League. I don't think we see any sort of drop-off in production from Ben Hampton. I think he only got stronger since the end of last season. I think we see a really nice season out of him. Maybe not Alec Manoa 2019-type season. That's some rarefied air you're talking about. I think we see a very good productive season from Ben Hampton, though. That would be, yeah. I mean, it's, it's really important to have that Friday. Mm -hmm. They had him at Saturday last year, but that one-day starter where you can almost guarantee a win, that's important. Now, I'm going to go into the bullpen, and I'm going to say Noah Short. Okay. Um, because last year he was the jam guy. Um, he was the most important reliever that r returned, uh, in my opinion. Um, and he was always – he was never given an easy – he was never starting an inning. He was never given empty bases. He, he was a few times, but, you know, that, that wasn't – Typically, right. Typically. That wasn't his job. His job was to go in with guys on – runners on the tips, guys in scoring position – Guys on base with one out, get out of that inning. Um, I anticipate, especially early in the season, they're going to see themselves in some jams. So having a guy like Noah Short could save them some wins this season. 
All right, one more prediction here for us as we get ready to get opening day underway here on Friday, February 17th. Sam, an X factor for this WVU baseball team heading into the season. I'm going to go with Grant Hussey. Um, we had a lot of high expectations for, for Hussey last season as a freshman. Uh, and, and some of that was fair. Some of that wasn't quite fair, um, I think. But his, I think a lot of the team's success will depend on his improvement going into this season. Led the team in homers. Uh, he, was a, he was a great power bat, especially at the end of the season. But he did strike out a whole lot. Um, and that's common in, in baseball, especially these days. We hear about the three true outcomes or the four true outcomes, depending on who you ask. But the three true outcomes, and he was a true three true outcome bat. If he can improve and, and minimize the strikeouts, maybe just put the ball in play a lot more, get, get some sack flies, he'll, he'll get some runners in scoring position. If he can get some sack flies instead of some strikeouts, that'll be huge for the team. That'll, that'll save because the, the, the offense in the lineup last year really fell off at the bottom. And, and if he can kind of bring that up, get some RBIs, that, that would be huge for the team. Yeah, I think Grant Hussey's a great pick there. I'm going to go to the pitching staff here. Uh, Aiden Major is my X factor for this season. I think what we saw at times out of him last year was super encouraging. He had those five or six no-hit innings against Pitt at one point last season. I mean, they, what more do you need to say really about a WVU pitcher if you can shut down the Panthers for six or so innings and, and not right. even let them get on the base pass? That's a great sign. I think Aiden clearly a guy that has the abilities. Will he put it together here in the sophomore season and possibly be a guy we either steal on the weekend or maybe he's the guy to lock down that midweek role for some important midweek contests that West Virginia will have throughout the course of the season. Only time will tell, but certainly I think Aiden Major and, and Grant Hussey, as you mentioned, uh, great picks for X-Factors for this year. And of course, you know, we're going to be covering the Mountaineers all season long from start to finish of the 2023 baseball season. But basketball season still going on as well, and college football really never that far away when you think about it. So with that being said, you can stay up to date on everything involving WVU Athletics with us here at Golden Blue Nation and on GoldenBlueNation.com, as well as on the free Golden Blue Nation app. For Sam Caniglio, I'm Ryan Decker. This has been the Golden Blue Nation podcast, brought to you, as always, by Print and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers, your WVLawFirm.com. We'll see you next time.